I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, uh, let's uh, let's get into this defense. I, I particularly had some or found some interesting things and in what clint hurt had to say but yeah. um let's let's uh check in with what pete had to say first though what do, you, what do you got for me on that well just that he was um you know obviously saying about how they didn't tackle very well and they didn't play very well it was interesting on the the, the monday he he was talking about um the run fits, which which mm. I found good, and he talked about how um, when they're in too high safety looks, they they kind of have to do a, f- a bit more stuff like spilling the front um, and and stuff like that. Which I did a, a on my Substack Seahawks on tape by Matty F Brown. I, I did an article. Subscribe, uh, one of those subscribe mechanics. now. Yes, yeah, subscribe, please, um, and thank you to those who already. And do. also subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're if you're watching right now and you haven't already. Yeah, leave a comment, leave a like if you yeah. if you really want to. Uh, that'd yeah. be lovely. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so he, he said about basically you have to do a bit extra when you're in too high because you have one less guy in the box. You think about too high, so that would be you cover twos. Your, your cover fours or quarters, your quarter, quarter, half, so cover six, and your half, quarter, quarter, so cover eight. You have one extra guy back deep, so you have one less guy down in the box fitting the run. And so sometimes because you're outnumbered against the run, you have to you know steal a gap by putting a defensive end out wide and then spiking him from that gap into another gap to then force the football further out to the perimeter, buying time for the guys who are deep to then come up and play the run. And um, yeah, Car- Carol mentioned that, and he he said basically how the guys up front need to work to keep guys off the linebackers so they can flow and make plays, but that's not really happening quite yet. Like the chemistry is a bit broken. Um, the complementary play he described it of like keeping guys clean, um, and then the linebackers flowing to the football and finding the football, and just pursuit angles and tracking. Something Josh Jones mentioned, the safety Josh Jones, who spoke today, or Wednesday, that is. Uh, he mm. also mentioned their tracking needs work. That just requires a bit better football. And I don't know how, you know, I don't know how that comes with time. Uh, I, I don't know how that comes in quick time. And the Falcons pound the heck out of the football, mm. along with using Mariota in their run game and their boot game. So it'll be interesting to see against Atlanta if, if Seattle can bounce back, it's a great test for them. Uh, they've struggled in back-to-back weeks. And, yeah, I, I'm not too positive from what I've seen. But, again, tape tape episode tomorrow, that is a kind of 
a bigger thing for that where we'll kind of delve into who exactly is struggling, what exactly is going wrong. But the coaching staff, the players, they're well aware of the issue, as they've Mm. said in press conferences. On on the tackling front, you know, obviously that can be an issue for younger guys. But why does that end up being an issue maybe for some veterans like we're seeing? Because we're seeing some guys that have been around also deal with tackling issues. Why does it seem like it's kind of a contagious thing? I think it's just, well, like missed tackles can happen for so many different reasons, right? Mm. But I think it's, most of it is trying too hard to make a play. And so if you like really like trying to get into the backfield and, and, or you're really trying to take your shots for a tackle for loss, well, then your pursuit angle is more aggressive. So then you have less room for error. Um, Clint Hurt mentioned uh, players leaving their feet too much. And again, that's kind of, if you're leaving your feet to make a tackle, that's because you're further away from the ball carrier a lot of the time. And so you're having to dive rather than being able to reach him standing up. You're having to fully extend yourself to bring him down or make contact. So I think it is like a bit of over-aggression leading to over-pursuit, leading to, you know, leaving your feet for tackles, slipping off stuff. Uh, And then obviously, you know, San Francisco in particular, Debo Samuel is a special, special player. And you come back to the fact that aside from his, you know, big 51-yard run where they had him in the backfield, but he's just unbelievably special, then, you know, the yards per carry is 3.3, which uh, within that, like if you watch the tape, and again, tape, last time I said tape podcast tomorrow, but if you watch the tape, you know, the run defense still is boom or bust. Like, it's either a tackle for loss or there's like a, a chunk gain, but it's still the the overall 3.3 yards per carry is much more positive. Interestingly as well, in his, in his uh, Brock and Sulk interview, Carol mentioned some schematic things they can do better to get guys more guys around the ball. He didn't get uh, uh, followed up on that uh, in that interview or even in his, his two press, press conferences since. I imagine he's talking about blitzing a bit more, putting more guys mm. uh, and playing because they played a lot of middle field close so not the two high stuff, but a lot of one high where they have the extra guy in the box to play the run. Mm. But I think also blitzing off that, so getting more guys thinking run focused and, and attacking down the line of scrimmage, I think that's something Seattle did well and I think it worked. They just didn't do it probably as much. The flip side of that is you do that and then you bust the uh, play for a touchdown on that uh, Ross Dwelly, uh catch where Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton uh they had a well brooks messed up but barton could have perhaps communicated to brooks yeah so let's dive into what clint hurts said um today because i i think there was a lot of interesting stuff there let's let's kind of just go over the smaller items uh first Uh, and this kind of goes off of what pete was also talking about a little bit uh daryl johnson um who seemed to have a, a pretty decent day in, in San Francisco. Seems like he's going to get more snaps. Um, obviously, you know, tape pod tomorrow. But I want to no, ask you. No, we can't little... say that anymore. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, that's you. You've said it a lot. I got, I, I, yeah, I get you one. Felt left I get, out. I get, I get, I get one. I get one. All right. But I want to ask you about Daryl Johnson. Um, the decision to give him more snaps. What, what did you see from him against San Francisco? Interesting, right? Because, Here's this dude who, you know, comes in, you're like, 
he knows he knows Clint Hurt. He uh, may or may not have uh, Instagrammed out the what, the first page of the playbook, which uh, I I saw it, Daryl. Thank you very much. That's in the that's in the save screenshots. We now know tight will six, which I we already knew. But anyway, um, anyway, he has the, he has the measurables. He's long. He's big. And to me, like Carol talked about how, like in terms of Dal Taylor, who we'll get to, interesting stuff with him. But I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. In terms of the Dawateus, the Boye Mafes, the Ushena Nuosus, that edge grouping, they have to figure out, like, who works in running downs who works in passing downs like how much do you want uh, an outside linebacker setting the edge against the run they're they're playing a lot of bear uh, a lot of sorry even nickel front so four two five and it looks like just four guys down the line of scrimmage where it's kind of more like a four three d end especially if you want to the b gap bubble side where you're more like playing like a five ten and you need to be big and strong and so on running downs that's kind of exhausting right and so daryl johnson comes in and he takes the load off those pass rushes I think he played like, I mean, I can get it up in a second. Like, I think he played about 27% of the snaps, but he was splashy on those snaps. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the kind of uh, hardworking dude, along with his special teams impact, that you need to take the load off, guys. Just rely on him to be able to set an edge and and be that kind of guy to to help out, like, your, your, your tailors and your, your more premium pass rushes. Like, you won't see... Uh, Johnson showing up. He played twenty four percent of the snaps. You won't mm-hmm. see Johnson showing up on, um, you know, on passing downs necessarily. Like something will have gone wrong if he is. But to have that kind of like hardworking run defender who can be relied on just to set an edge uh, is is mass is really really important because. And I mean, like, they Mafe's, need that right now. Yeah, they really they really do. You're right, and, yeah. and Mafe's inexperienced. Um, and and uh, let me just how have I just lost my snap counts? Ah, here we go. Yeah, Johnson also played ninety six percent of special teams, which for a dude mm. who, you know, he he's big. Like he's a he's like uh, I mean they call him an outside linebacker because they're running a three four. But like mm. at his pro day, he was two hundred fifty three pounds, six foot six, with um thirty three and seven eighth of an inch long arms. Like for him to get downfield on kickoff and punt coverage, which Carol mentioned as being impressive. Well, it is impressive. So, yeah, great, great little pickup. What? How did they get him? Uh, uh, he was a waiver claim from Carolina. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That he's like that extra outside linebacker they needed because they ha- you had like the, uh, uh, the other outside linebacker options like your Donkers, your mm-hmm. your Josh. I don't want to only Giogo. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, that's bad of me. Um, you had those guys, and it seems like Johnson sort of uh, usurped them. And mm-hmm. I think he probably does offer more as an edge set against the run. Those other two names are more kind of the pass rush uh, specialists. What does Seattle need right now? Like, what are the strengths and weaknesses of their other edge group, uh, edge rushes? Well, they need edge setting against the run, and, and Johnson's yeah. doing that. All right. So you uh, you hinted uh, about it a little bit. Um 
Daryl Taylor. Clint Hurd's mm. answer today was very interesting about oh. Daryl Taylor. Oh. Yeah, so he gets asked about, uh, I think the question, I, I'm sorry, I forget who asked it. Uh, apologies to whoever that was. Um, but the, I, I believe the question was something along the lines of, you know, how did Daryl Taylor perform on Sunday? Or what did you think about his performance on Sunday? And uh, you could just tell by the body language <laughs> that, uh clint hurt was uh not too pleased with how daryl taylor performed um because he took a he took a pause there before he answered yeah he, uh, and he was thinking through his words right he was yeah. like do i i can't no i can't throw my yeah. guy under the bus but also yeah but he, he yeah he almost i mean he basically did he was like you know i i you know i'm not gonna uh, you know, I already handled the accountability stuff in private with him, <laughs> but you know, he, you know, he, he needs to play more, uh, here he needs to produce more consistently or something along those lines. Like, Ooh boy. Yeah. Like you said, he's, he's in the doghouse right now. <laughs> like Daryl Taylor is in, uh, he, he's not in Clinton hurts good graces at the moment. And I mean, for right, good reason, oh. right? <laughs> yeah. For good reason. Like he, he's, um, been very on and off against uh, like runs setting the edge, and that's ca- that's how uh, Hurt described it. Like he's been inconsistent, and uh, yeah, it's, it, I'm sure it will come good. Like Ca- Carol said, how Taylor's still learning, right? He said he's still learning their stuff. Um, and to be fair, like okay, he says that he played outside linebacker in Tennessee, and it's the same, but. Really, it's not because they're playing like nickel fronts and they're playing four down. They're not playing like bare fronts that often. And when they do play bare fronts, there's a bit more like spilling than he'd have done at Tennessee, where I think they just pure edge-setted it back there. Also, you know, that was a few years ago, and (laughs) this is the pros. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it will come good. And and Carol also mentioned how they're, they're trying to figure out their rotations, and that does pertain to Taylor because it's like, well, how much running down exposure do we give him? How much passing down exposure do we give him? How do we get him, like, you know, as Carlos Dunlap had a grievance that he wasn't playing enough because, you know, he was, he was uh, you know, taking time off. They wanted him as a pastor specialist. But then he's like, how do I find the rhythm as a as a player, as a rusher? Like, it's really difficult. So, I don't know. They'll work it out. But also, you know, week one, I was against Denver. I was like, well. Nuosu was the guy on the, the right of the defensive line. They were trying to flush Russ to that side. Uh, so, and Nuosu had the kind of true two-way go and the inside moves available to him. And Taylor, on the other hand, was on the left. And yeah, he he had some inconsistent moment, moments setting the edge. Uh, but as a rusher, he was mainly used just to set a deep edge on the left of, to stop Russell going that side. Uh, and so I was like, well, the pass rush plan probably limited Taylor slightly. Uh, along with the fact that he got like some egregious holds down the stretch of that game. But then this game, it's like, oh, well, Taylor's going to have a rush at some point, right? And he didn't. Now, Hurt did also mention the challenges of of the, the game in the sense that they didn't really force San Francisco into enough clear pass rush situations. Yeah. But there were still a few, and Nuosu's still impressed on them. It's just Taylor Taylor didn't. He haven't, you couldn't really tell he was on the field, which for a guy who we were expecting to come in and, after his impressive second season in the league, but really kind of his rookie season, we we kind of expected him to this season be that kind of big time premier pass rusher who could have 
say, 10 sacks, which in, his, in the Seahawks system is big, and, and be like a, a real reliable pressure guy. We had questions about the depth after him. The positive is Nuosu being good, but maybe Taylor's going through like a, a second season slump. They always say like, mm. you know, that kind of sophomore issues. Maybe that's happening for Taylor. Maybe not, but uh, I have confidence it will come good at some point. But it'd be nice if it was sooner rather than later. Like, Yeah, I mean, there's so much talent. There's so much upside in, in, in Taylor that, I mean, there's there's no way that that's just like gone for the year you know yeah so i think we're at the very least going to start to see some flashes and uh you know it's just i mean for the game you know game plan wise in week one you know there there weren't many opportunities for him and like you mentioned there was some egregious holding calls on him week two like you mentioned again they they didn't you know they weren't really able to force for the 49ers into those clear pass rushing situations and you know so there are reasons to be like all right well or there's things that you can point to like this is why the production just isn't there right now yeah. and of course there's you know some glaring mishaps as well like you know some of the tackling stuff of course you know but and and hurt said you know being mr accountable uh yeah. which accountability a big topic actually where i don't think we'll get into that but i just saw very very brian schottenheimer-esque yeah, yeah. Uh, but her being Mr. Accountable said how they need to coach better as long as ta- mm-hmm. as well as Taylor playing better. So, yeah, it will be all right. It's just if Taylor and Nuosu are popping, then watch out. 